Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community. This week, my guest is... Cheshire Plays Games. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Would you like to promote anything, your Twitch, YouTube, any links or anything? I'll add them to the show notes, but if you'd like to let us know now, that'd be great. Oh, just add it to the show notes. People can, people can use their eyes. Sure thing. Reading is fundamental. So this is um, a magic-related podcast. Of course, when would you say, how long have you played magic in general? Oh, see, now this is a bit of a tough question, and I was mulling this one over because I technically started around beta-ish. Um, yes, I know, even though I'm Australian, there's a, a long explanation to this that I can make really easy. Sure. Um, we we found a box of beta. Um, it was probably about eight months after beta was originally launched in the US. Mm. Somebody had brought a box of beta back, had opened some starters, and then given the rest to his father and his father just like put it in their little the little dinky store basically mm-hmm. um we found them and we didn't we didn't know how to play or anything so we just bought the box and they're oh pretty cards which i still had the cards of course being beta but you know hmm. all things what but, uh, can i ask what kind uh, of store was that that it ended up in oh it was just a little general store just in the middle of nowhere basically huh. but uh when it comes to how long i've been playing uh if you want to look at it from the point of view of when we figured out how to play the game and actually started playing against each other, that would have been sometime in Revised. I actually traded a Spider-Man 1978 Strikes Back movie poster <laughs> for a um, a Revised gift box. Not not even a joke. It was one of these... Have you, have you seen the old European long-form movie posters? They were like as wide as an A4 but they were, like, really long. It was one of those posters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we started playing, you know, friendly, I guess, learning how to play properly and revised, and I've been playing ever since on and off since then. So I guess, what, 23 years, approximately? Yeah, pretty much from the beginning, since uh, beta was 93, I guess. So, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. a while. Time flies. It does. I feel very old now. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, let me uh, let me be as old as you, or feel as old as you, because I started playing at about uh, 1995. So right around there was uh, Fourth Edition, uh, Ice mm-hmm. Age, Fallen Empires. You know all those great old sets that are only really good for nostalgia purposes. But I was playing from about 95 to 99 and gave it up for a while and then started again with um, right after Hour of Devastation. So it was like a big time gap. That's a big break. That's a big break. So I had to relearn, oh, there's no more uh, cumulative upkeep and there's no more banding and there's no more, uh, you know, all these What do you mean great... damage doesn't go in the stack anymore? Exactly. That's crazy talk. What about mana burn? You don't get uh, damaged for not using your oh. mana? Yeah, that was a that had a lot of people up in arms when that changed, I tell you. Because people were just like, wait, you mean I can no longer, like, force my opponent to kill themselves via mana burn? No. You mean I can't concede via mana burn anymore? No. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Why was the change made? Well, to make it more friendly? Um, what? <laughs> Reasons. Yeah, it's been a big change. Uh, so you said you've kind of been on and off. Uh, what's the longest mm-hmm. amount of time you've been off? Oh, I took a big break uh, between, I think it would have been 
Dark Ascension and Innistrad. Mm-hmm. So coming just at the end of the Phyrexian era and into Innistrad um, from memory. And that was that was interesting because when I came back, of course, planeswalkers were all of a sudden a thing. And I was like, wait, what? Yes. What's a planeswalker? And then, of, of course, there was Liliana of the Vale. And I bought a box of New Phyrexia and a box of Innistrad when I came back in um, at a pre-release for Innistrad. So I played in the pre-release. They managed to have a spare box of Innistrad left over that I bought. Mm-hmm. Cracked a foil lily. The store owner mm. just looked at me straight away and went, you want to trade that for a box, mate? And I went, <laughs> yeah. So I traded that for another box of Innistrad. Oh, wow. Um, and it was just, yeah, it started all over again. I was like, now I've got all these cards. What am I going to do with them? I'm going to play again. Yay. <laughs> That's a pretty cool return to things. Speaking of Planeswalkers, when I got back into things, um, I had the shock of uh, my opponent playing a green deck and she played a uh, one of the Nissas, and I'm like, "What card is this?" Because I hadn't <laughs> dealt with Planeswalkers at all. And then she came out with uh, probably the one from hmm, uh, Amonkhet or one of the recent ones. And I was just like, "I I cannot handle this card. It it's like gets stronger and it does things. And like, how do I even handle it? And it's not a creature. What is this?" It creates this tokeny thing, and I can't interact with the tokeny thing. Why? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, we're now living in the future of Magic, which is basically Magic Arena. How long have you been playing Arena? Uh, I've been playing Arena since about a month before it went public in their beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is it's funny, because I do actually have some ties to Wizards. I've got friends of Wizards, but none of them are able to, to angle me any access, mm-hmm. basically. Because it's just like, you know... It, it, it's the same old thing. Like you, you can't kind of rely on your friends to try and and get you the access. So as soon as I did get access, though, you, you can bet that I downloaded it and just started banging out games and just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I guess uh, nepotism isn't the right word, but you were relying on nepotism and it didn't quite work. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I... I was hoping that I could call in a favor, but uh, yes. some favors just can't be called in apparently. Yeah, the uh, the NDA was pretty strict apparently for a long time until it went um, uh, not quite public, but it was uh, it was restricted for a while, I guess. So you couldn't get those favors. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the NDA stretched all the way in, like up until the public beta actually dropped, um, which I mean, a lot of us thought was that was just going to kill Arena straight up because it's like, why why would you do that? You want oh, people sure. to see the game. Like, yeah. I understand that, that you don't want to see people streaming the game before it's ready. And I, I do get that. But it was in a point where it was, you know, clearly in the position to go to the public. And they should have just lifted that NDA like a month beforehand and gone, you know, in a month's time, everyone's going to have access to this. Look at how good it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that uh, that didn't happen. Yeah, they could have been building the hype. I could understand that uh, they didn't want to show something rough around the edges, but... You know, you you got to build hype for the next version of the game. Um, but let's see, for myself, I um, signed up via the email, their email campaign in early 2018. And then I didn't get the email saying, welcome, you're in until about April. So around April is when I started to play it myself. And like I said, I got back into Magic uh, probably, that was 2017, Hour of Devastation time. 
I uh, jumped into Magic Online in early 2018, kind of waiting uh, while the uh, Arena uh, invite came through. But as soon as Arena came out, like uh, I haven't quite touched on uh, Magic Online since then. Uh, well, see, here's the thing. So I, I write for puremtgo.com mm-hmm. um, just as a, a freelancer. So with the articles I do, I don't get paid cash money for those. We get MTGO credit. Mm-hmm. So that's the only time I now log on to MTGO. Arena has taken over everything. My entire YouTube now is uh, MTGO-less, basically. I just do not do anything in MTGO if I can help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the times, they are a-changing. Oh, yeah. So if you've been um, in the magic scene for a while, uh, how would you consider your skill level? Beginning, intermediate, advanced? Uh, well, look, I used to be a tournament grinder mm-hmm. for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um Never made it to the Pro Tour, unfortunately. Certainly tried my best. Mm-hmm. Um, made some pretty high finishes here in Australia in some of the old Pro Tour qualifiers. GPs, I haven't really played many GPs. Uh, so I think I used to be advanced. Now I'd probably say intermediate. Um, I mean, even at the moment, I'm grinding through uh, MDG Arena to try and hit... I kind of want to at least hit Diamond. So I grinded up to Platinum 3 today, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Um, it just takes so much time, though. But I, I'd say, yeah, look, I'm probably intermediate. Um, I'm definitely not advanced anymore, I don't think. And, and it's mostly because I don't I don't really enjoy tournament grinding. I, I know a lot of grinders will say that as well, but, I mean, for me, I don't even... It's not even in my consideration anymore. I'm more of a intermediate casual player where I, I prefer to play, like, Commander mm-hmm. uh, and casual Magic, basically. As for Arena, time-wise, um, that's something we're also dealing with. And uh, let's talk about a kind of a, at the moment, controversial topic about best of one versus best of three. <laughs> what do you think about that as as the determinant of uh, of rank? Oh, I'm going to cop so much flack on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> as soon as somebody catches on, I, I actually made a post about this uh, in response to Saffron Olive and I think MTG Lee mm-hmm. last night um, because Saffron was saying, like, it feels like Magic's losing its soul. And I was like, but what is Magic's soul? Like, mm-hmm. isn't, isn't like, kitchen table Magic's soul? Like, who actually is buying the cards? Because it's certainly not the pro players. Hashtag pay the pros. Mm, yeah. Um, that That's great. Pros, pros, you know, they don't keep this game going. That's, that's not... It's not correct. They like to think they are. They like to think they're the face of magic, but, I mean, to be honest, how many players that play the game casually or people outside of the game are interested in watching pro tours, are interested in watching GPs? They don't care. Mm-hmm. They they just want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Best of ones in this particular format for Arena, It it's good for esports. Uh, it, it's good for viewers and viewership because it's just like when you would watch hearthstone because hearthstone has always been best of one basically Hmm. but you're removing sideboards which is what everyone's up in arms about because you're not paying playing best of three you're not playing magic at a competitive level the way that it was kind of designed to be 
So I think there's two problems. The first one is best of ones is better for everyone in the long run. It really is because it's better for the viewers. It's better on time because you can do spending less time, generally speaking, playing games, watching games mm -hmm. in tournaments. The problem that it presents is that those players who qualify through MTG Arena into a Mythic tournament via best of one, they might not know how to sideboard. Oh, they yeah. might not uh, get to that Mythic Championship and be able to play their best because they're going from, and we're assuming here, but going from best of ones to best of threes. Mm -hmm. That's the concern I have. But overall, I think best of ones is actually better for the game as it evolves. And I, I think the whole thing is we need to remember the fact that things evolve over time. The strongest survive. It's it's a terrible thing to say, but look at the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs sure. were wiped out by a meteor. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, the star of extinction, and, and, actually. Well, yeah, it was a star of extinction and also destroyed some land. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's terrible. I love it. But I, th I think in the long run, people have to step back and go, hang on, what is actually the best thing for this game? What is the... What is the the casual player and the people who are buying the product and the people on the outside looking in going to see? Are they going to sit around for like, you know, three rounds of the same game? Mm. Or are they going to want to see different decks? How are Wizards going to present it as well? Are Wizards just going to go, when you hit the Mythic Championships, yes, you'll be doing best of one, but you'll be throwing three or five different decks? We don't know. We mm. just don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, best of one is better for the esports side of things yeah the company has to uh, walk a fine line between the past and the present and the future it's a game mm -hmm. that's 25 years old and i personally like the whole concept and the usage of sideboards but yeah in a digital format it might not be the best for viewers for getting people playing and excited about it um, they'll probably in my opinion put in best of three ranks eventually but uh for right now it's it's all about the best of one isn't it exactly and i mean that one of the arguments i saw last night on twitter was somebody saying that best of one takes less skill than best of three which is not exactly correct because best of one you have to have parts of your sideboard in your deck yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get out-teched by whatever the most aggressive deck in the format is. So I think both of them have their merits. Um, but it, it, it's at the moment, it's that kind of line between who's looking at the games, what's Wizards actually looking for, and what's their end goal, which we still we still don't know. They say that, you know, oh, that MTGO is not going away, that Arena's not replacing it, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But right now they have a strong focus on MTG Arena to see where the future of esports actually is. Yeah. So as it is at the moment, how we're playing Arena in Standard, what would you say is one of your favorite cards? Um, it doesn't have to be a power card. It could be something fun, something janky, anything that stands out as a single card you like at the moment. Oh, you know what? Uh, is it is it Creeping Chill? Uh, creeping Chill, is that an enchantment? It's Creeping Chill, hang on a second. Sure. Let me just pull it up so I can tell you what the name correctly is. It is Creeping Chill, okay great. So this is a sorcery for one black and three colors. 
I know, right? Already sounds bad. <laughs> Creeping Chill deals three damage to each opponent and you gain three life. When Creeping Chill is put into a graveyard from your library, you may exile it, and if you do, it deals three damage to each opponent and you gain three life. Mm-hmm. So I was playing uh, this Surveil Demir deck uh, and was comboing off on people with Creeping Chill mm-hmm. using uh, Doomed Whisperer. Uh, the the doom, yeah, the one, the six six Three, flyer yeah, that lets you surveil. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. So two black and three colors for a nightmare demon, a mythic at six six, <laughs> flying trample, pay two life, surveil two. It's it's amazing how you can just like smash people without them realizing what's going on because yes. you're just flipping cards and surveilling, <laughs> and then using creeping chill to gain back some of the life you're losing. Oh, that's and, interesting. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that combo, but that makes sense. You pay two to the surveil to the to the doom whisper, but then you get three back if you if you uh, destroy the creeping chill. So that'd be an interesting engine there. Mm-hmm. It's very cool, especially when you're using enhanced surveillance because mm-hmm. it allows you to that extra dig basically from surveil. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I will surveil extra because of surveillance, and then I can shuffle my discard pile back into my library if I get too low on cards. It, it has so many good uses and so many good outs for the deck. And it's just unexpected because no one expects that they're going to come up against this weird, janky surveil deck. So, yeah, yeah that that's definitely at the top at the moment for me. Oh, that's cool. Looking at it myself also, I get a little bit of, I, I get a little wistful uh, reading the very first line, Creeping Chill deals three damage to each opponent, which brings mm-hmm. me to, I hope they do some sort of multiplayer on Arena where that's even better. It'd be nice. It'd be real nice. Or maybe they'll implement some form of um, spectator mode where you can have people watch you as you creepily chill everyone. (laughs) That'd be brilliant. Is this in any deck at the moment? Uh, Do you have any favorite decks that you're running? Uh, I've I've been actually running The Burbs um, for a YouTube video that just came out um, that I just did. Uh, over on my That's YouTube. The, uh, pardon me, I might not know it. Is that regarding uh, the um, blue that blue guy? What's his name? Murmuring Mystic. Murmuring Mystic. That's yes. the one. Mm-hmm. Which is actually funny because it's it's a deck that my partner Dana actually came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a pretty strong deck builder, mm-hmm. uh, and she was just like, "No, well, why don't you play my Murmuring Mystic deck?" Because I couldn't figure out what deck to play on stream. Yes. Uh, so I, I did a little bit of tweaking to it, and it's it's so much fun. I had so much fun killing people with 1-1 one, one birds and <laughs> new Mizzet triggers, and it's just so oh, good. Wow. It's uh, the sequel to the classic uh, the classic horror movie, The Birds, perhaps? <laughs> the Alfred Hitchcock movie, absolutely. Yes. Which was redone recently, I think. Hmm. Well, I know that there was like a really bad B-movie version called Birdemic. I don't know if that's the same one you're thinking of. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I remember somebody talking about how they were doing an actual remake of The Birds, the Alfred Hitchcock The Birds. Hmm. It's just, you can't you can't remake a movie like that. It's, it's It doesn't work these days. No, there's just so many classics. Just go back and watch the classic, and they're classic for a reason. Exactly. So one of the cards that I like, that's not that great, but I like it more in multiplayer, which means in real life, but I like Vicious Rumors. Uh, so I kind of like being uh, mean in my playgroups uh, in a fun way, <laughs> because uh, that one is one black mana, 
Uh, you force everyone to discard one card from their hand and then one card from the top of their deck and they uh, get dealt one damage and I gain one damage. So it's such a like a like a Timmy card. I love those kinds of things in multiplayer real world um, in uh, the arena. It's not as good. No, but I mean, in multiplayer, it's not that bad. I mean, you're making everyone discard a card. If it was just one person discarding a card, overturning a card, then it'd just be like, yeah, I'm not going to play that. But considering it affects everyone. Yes. I mean, that just makes it actually surprisingly good for one mana. You're getting so much value out of it, especially when you're like dealing a damage to everyone and then gaining a health. Yeah, in Arena, I like better uh, Divest or Duress, but uh, usually Divest. Mm-hmm. So I've got this deck, um, I just call it my evil deck, because it's mono black, and it's got a bunch of discard, and again, it's not a power deck or anything like that, but um, it's uh, kind of full of uh, divests, and um, what else is in it? Uh, Burglar Rat, and just, uh, oh, Mind Rot, just dumb stuff like that, and <laughs> if the person doesn't concede in frustration, uh, then there's like a Doom Whisper in there to seal the deal. <laughs> nice it sounds gross and fun <laughs> yes have there been any uh funny interesting cool moments that stand out to you in your time playing arena um oh, uh it's always interesting when i come up against somebody and then they message me on twitter mm. <laughs> like hey i just played against your deck i was this player who played this deck and it's like mm. oh that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. So mostly for me, it's, it's like, I haven't seen anything like any really cool jank decks that, you know, have made an impression, but I've certainly been coming across some people who are just like, you know, find you on, on Twitter to like, Hey, I just saw your name pop up. I, I was the person playing this deck that you just stomped, which mm -hmm. <laughs> is nice. Um, but I was actually just beaten today by a, a Knights deck, which I mean, I haven't seen a night a black white knights deck in you know a couple of months so it's surprising mm. to see one now um but that person just messaged me on on twitter or just added me on twitter i should say mm. to to say that they just played against me with their jank quende knights deck oh sure so that was pretty fun that sounds uh if you can pull it off that sounds fun giving everything double strike right mm-hmm that's the one hmm Let's see, anything for me coming to mind? Uh, I had it in in mind for a moment, but it floated away. Oh, I remember. Uh, okay, so this isn't very recent. It was back during, uh, before we had the standard rotation. So back when we had, you know, the dark days of Kaladesh and all of that. Uh, <laughs> so my uh, one of my favorite cards there was Anointed Procession, you know, the enchantment that made uh, uh, extra that tokens. Made more tokens. Yeah, so I was playing with a cat deck, and there was yes. uh, Regal Caracal, uh, Pride Sovereign, and Anointed Procession. So I remember getting just a full, huge board full of cats, and then, of course, having, I guess, something like the Immortal Sun or um, Radiant Destiny and plus oneing them, and it was just like a, a, a great, vicious cat attack. Mm. R.I.P. my uh, Selesnia cat deck. Yeah. Cats will be back eventually. Yes. Hopefully. Maybe. Well, I've been kind of trying to do something with a Johnny's Pride Mate and that one other healing cat and such, but it's just not <laughs> the same when you've got a full board full of cats. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. 
Well, if you consider yourself towards the intermediate and perhaps uh, touching the advanced uh, levels, um, what would you give uh, advice? You know, what sort of advice would you give to newer players just starting off in arena? Don't don't spend don't spend your gold on booster packs. Mm-hmm. I, I know it sounds like the standard old. You know, don't crack packs, use them for draft, but it's exactly that. Don't spend your money on packs, people. Draft. Draft, draft, draft. Get better at draft. Mm -hmm. You should be drafting. Always be drafting. ABD. ABD. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just basically said to people, like, um, keep your wild cards, uh, especially if you're at lower ranks. Mm -hmm. Um, Build budget decks there's plenty around you can find them on my youtube and and other people as well if you search the hashtag of uh we are mtg on twitter you can usually find a whole bunch of people who are you know brewing up budget decks and putting mm-hmm. them on youtube and you know you, you'll be able to find something for you that's not going to cost you a whole heap of wild cards mm-hmm. and and gold slash money so i mean you can win with jank cards it does happen and it's quite easy to do you just have to, you know, play, 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 teach yourself how to play properly, um, how to play better, uh, and improve. And what's your favorite streamers? Yes, of course. Uh, uh, flattery, or I'm saying it backwards, uh, imitation is the sincerest, sincerest form of flattery, uh, meaning see what other people are doing and try to do a version of what they're doing uh, on top of what you like, perhaps. Exactly. When I first started uh, drafting, I was really bad at it just because I also had never done it in real life. So it was a lot lower stakes on Arena in that it wasn't real money, but uh, Mm. it was still really interesting just to play uh, a version of Magic that my real-life playgroup just doesn't play. Everyone's mostly modern. They're starting to touch a little bit of Commander nowadays, so no one uh, does draft, and uh, I don't get out to local shops that much, so doing it on arena was a lot better because uh now after several months of of playing it i i think i'm getting better i think i'm understanding the pack one pick one and that sort of mentality and it definitely has been fun yeah it's one of those things it's like um everyone everyone at the start was like you know arena's bad arena's got you know a a bad economy system and they're not wrong they're not wrong Mm -hmm. but what they're not taking into account as well is for a new player, the new player should be learning how to play the game, grinding those quests to, to get their gold, not buying their booster packs unless they're really keen on, like, I want to build this deck. But, I mean, even then, like, just, just grind the gold and play draft. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how they can have alternative forms of draft as well. There was the mm-hmm. uh, Gabby's Greedy Draft... And um, what other ones stood out? Amazonians draft. Like those are things that you wouldn't be able to play very easily in the real world if you were trying to draft. Yeah, exactly. Um, that kind of, it kind of reminds me of um, putting stipulations on games, basically, which is, is good, you know, because it's different. Yeah, I think it's variations. The variations that you can do in Magic are pretty interesting. I've uh, played a game or two with friends in real life where uh, it's a one versus one, and we both draw from the same deck. So after you get your seven cards, then as you draw, it's all from the same deck. So it's a sort of a interesting mirror match 
with one deck against two people. That makes sense. Sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. I should copyright it, maybe make a little, a few bucks off of it somehow. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, what's one thing perhaps uh, you'd like to improve about magic, the magic arena, the company, the community, any, any thoughts about perhaps improvements? Oh, I think the community could be a little bit tighter, to be honest, but um, mm -hmm. that's that's a discussion for another time, perhaps. Sure. <laughs> I think, look, when it comes down to it, if I was going to make a change to the game, mm -hmm. um, I'd probably start with the mana system. I think that the mana system in Magic, and it, it's funny because I'm pretty sure Mark Rosewater said something about it at one point, got chewed out by the, the community about it, but um, <laughs> I just think that the mana system that magic currently uses is you know it's it's outdated it doesn't need to be the way it is mm -hmm. uh there's plenty of games that use cards from hand you put the card face down it becomes a land you know a mana source basically mm -hmm. um but warcraft did that it had like quests that you could play face up for you know extra benefits but magic's always like lands just always lands. And if you don't have the lands and you're not drawing your lands, then you're screwed. Mm -hmm. Or if you get and too that, many of them, you're also screwed. Exactly. And it's just, it's such a feel bad for this game. And I feel like that, you know, had this game not been 20 years old, mm -hmm. 25 years old, you know, I, I think that they could have made the change. They could have kind of like re-released it as a new product. Um, but as it is, it's just the way it is now. Uh, and we'll have to deal with it. But uh, yeah, I think that the biggest change I would make is uh, killing off the land system and replacing it with something uh, a little bit more friendly. That's really interesting. One of the things that I like about doing this podcast is I get so many different perspectives. I hadn't even thought about something like that as basic as as the resource management of the game. I just kind of take it, well, this is what it is. This is the This is the most core concept of magic, but uh, I I think that's interesting. I, I don't know how it would work, but sometimes you've got to change things. The game's 25 years old, and who knows how it'll be in the next 25 years. Exactly. I mean, what, what resource system did um, Jewel Masters have? I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that Not game. Not sure. Jewel Masters is uh, the old game that, that Wizards of the Coast put out. Yes. Um, it's still being done and still being put out in Japan. Um, yeah. But I'm pretty sure it had a weird mana system that didn't rely on, on lands as well. Mm -hmm. And I think the Harry Potter trading card game had uh, a completely different mana system to Magic. Um, obviously, Pokemon had, you know, energy, mm -hmm. which was completely different, which was also at one point done by Wizards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have in the past obviously been tinkering around with the idea of, like, different mana systems. So it's definitely something that could be done. Um, but obviously just not, not for Magic now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, too, much, uh, too much history and weight to really change. But I remember back in the 90s, the explosion of card games, the Star Trek collectible card game, the Star Wars one, the X-Men one. There were just so many competitors and each one slightly different but still i guess a variation on on the original several different freaking marvel ones yes <laughs> was it one was marvel overpower oh yeah i can't remember what the other one was called overpower was the one that looked 
more like comic book style. And then there was the other one that was more magic based or magic feeling because it was it was a lot more advanced than overpower. Hmm. Oh wow, I haven't thought about that in a while. Actually, I did pick up some Star Trek TCG um, and some Voyager TCG recently. Oh really? Uh, on on eBay because uh, we're going to do a live stream at some point. I, I haven't figured out when, but uh, yeah, like I I did try a lot of those games back in the day after I started playing Magic as well, just to hmm. see what games were out there and. None of them, none of them came close to magic. They couldn't even compete with it. It was it's just the yes. most weirdest, bizarre thing ever. Just going well, magic just gets all these things right. This one tiny little thing wrong, but everything else it gets so right. Yes. How is this a thing? It's coming back to me. Also, the X Files TCG. Oh, no, no. <laughs> They were like hidden <laughs> cards or something, or hidden messages, yeah. something like that. Something weird like that. It was such a bizarre game. Mm-hmm. It's more of a board game than a card game. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a board game with a card game overlay, basically. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I still have any of those old, uh, old X Files cards. Uh, I've moved around a few times, so I think they've been lost to the mi- mists of time. Or um, maybe the cigarette smoking man took care of them or something. (laughs) Uh, So we talked a little bit about uh, maybe some negative aspects. What are some things that you love about magic, if you can pin it down? Uh, Mill? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, There's always going to be a special place in my heart for mill decks. Um, One of the first really gross decks i ever built was a <laughs> uh, a blue a mono blue control deck that was just all counter spells and millstones <laughs> um gross yeah that was that was just gross but so much fun so much fun and and again it came back to the social contract so like we we had uh somebody who was playing an abeyance deck we had somebody who was playing um a really gross elf ball deck you know just, just bad deck so bad City of Solitude. Let's just not. Let's not go there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I really, I really do love Mill. I'm a big fan of Mill. I'm happy to see that it came back for a little while. Yes. In standard recently as well, which was was nice. It was a nice little nod to the older players, going, "Hey, this thing still exists." Hmm. Someone was trying to really turbo mill me the other day on Arena. They had three copies of Drowned. What is it? Drowned Secrets, the blue enchantment. Every time the oh, person yeah. plays their blue spell, the opponent mills two cards from the top of the deck. So there were three of those in play. And then they just put out the fourth one. Uh, I don't think, was it Fraying Sanity? Is Fraying Sanity... Uh, was uh, that... No, you think you have Psychic Corrosion. Okay, yeah, Psychic Corrosion. So Drowned, yeah, Drowned Secrets is the one that whenever you cast a blue... A blue spell target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Mm -hmm. And then Psychic Corrosion, which actually looks like an Unitch Nails cover for an (laughs) album. Um, That art is gorgeous. Uh, Your opponent overturns two cards whenever you draw a card. Yes. Sorry, all all opponent, each opponent, each opponent. That's, yeah, that's the combo that they were pulling off. They they probably uh, had their... uh, 
the first time it ever all worked out for them, having their whole combo in play like that. Uh, too bad I was playing a sort of a aggro mono red goblins deck, because at a certain Oof. point I was just overwhelming on the board, and it's uh, concede because they just uh, weren't weren't able gonna weren't able to uh, mill me in time with my two three four drop goblins. Gross. <laughs> I Kill think when those. I was uh, when I was playing originally in the '90s, I also gravitated to some sort of mill hand disruption deck and, or strategies. And uh, nowadays, I seem to kind of be toward that as well. Uh, when I started playing again, uh, when I started playing Magic again recently, and I took out my old cards, which I, I still had, I, I had I found again those old decks, and I'm like, wow, I used to play Demir back in the day before it was called Demir. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else was really good back in the day? Blazing Spectres. They were great. It's like a 2-2 haste, red-black 2, I want to say. Two colors, red and a black. Maybe it was one colors. Hmm. Uh, whenever it deals combat damage to your opponent, they have to discard a card, I want to say at random. Uh, that was like, what, invasion? Uh, it was really fun. It was a good time. So many good cards. That sounds like the very classic Hypnotic Spectre. It um, was definitely based on that for sure, absolutely. That's one of the things that I really find interesting about Magic in that it's not like they thought of everything in Alpha, but they thought of so many things in Alpha, and then there's variations and echoes of it throughout the 25 years. Mm-hmm. So if I, it ain't broke... <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I got into it, 4th edition, uh, Ice Age and such, there was Abyssal Spectre, which was just a more expensive Hypnotic Spectre, and I thought that was amazing. And then uh, the one that you mentioned, its um, you said it was a red, red-black, red so uh, just a kind of iteration, and yeah, if it's not broke, uh, don't fix it. Exactly. Um, what would you say is a non-magic hobby that you like? Because uh, I'm sure it's not all magic all the time. Uh, actually, it's kind of all magic all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid. So, so much of what I do is, is based around magic. Um, ooh, is there anything I really just, uh, um, hmm, not really. I mean, I, I do, I still draw and stuff now and again, um, uh, but not really for public consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and only sometimes, I, I still like to paint now and again as well, so I mm-hmm. guess you could call that a secondary hobby mm-hmm. uh, that I sometimes do. That's cool. Um, I've uh, tried uh, drawing throughout the years as well. I enjoy that. And I've tried to do the uh, sort of like a challenge, the doodle a day. So every single day making a little drawing. And um, I sort of succeeded in 2011. Almost every day I drew something. I put it on Twitter and Flickr. Uh, 2011 I believe and then I tried it again one or two years ago and I got halfway through the year and I'm like this is hard <laughs> yeah pretty much I should give it a try again because I I also uh, yeah I've got too many hobbies and one of them is also comic books and I look at all these great comics and great art and I'm like I want to I want to pick up the pen again but instead I find myself picking up the mouse and playing some arena <laughs> like aren't we all yes Well, as we wind down uh, the podcast, 
Is there anything you'd uh, like to promote again? Final thoughts or anything? Uh, I mean, people can catch me over at um, youtube.com forward slash uh, plays Games or over on twitch.tv forward slash plays Games. But uh, just, just keep grinding. People just keep grinding. People just keep grinding. As for myself, uh, I'm over on Twitter, twitter.com slash vmcampos. I'm over on Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. I'm over on YouTube. Uh, that's youtube.com slash vmcamposjr. I had to throw the jr in there. Someone else took uh, vmcampos. If I find <laughs> them, I will destroy them because I want vmcampos everywhere. So uh, if people join the Patreon, uh, there's uh, a lot of great free stuff. There's also things you can get for a dollar and up, and then even better rewards at the $2 and up range. Like I'll mail you some vintage magic cards or comic books, fun stuff like that. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.